So, welcome to another episode of the Mixology Collection. My name is Damien Egan. And for those of you that don't know me, my name's Roop, and for those that do, my name's Roop. <laughs> I think they're starting to get to know you now. Yeah, I know. I'm going to do it, though. I'm going to carry on doing it. I don't sure. care until people get bored of it, but that's kind of my thing, isn't it? Do things until people get bored of it, and then they're beaten into submission and just have to accept <laughs> it, really. So, um, here we go again. Yeah, I know. Number three already. Yeah. What did you think of the last one? I know we kind of touched awesome. on it. Yeah, it was yeah, really cool. really man. enjoyed that um, um, episode with Cole. Shout out to to Carl Hawkins, aka the Gentleman UK, for his time. Yeah, and for those, when we get to that point, if you want to listen to it, it's episode two. um, And we are now into episode three. Still in Birmingham, but whereabouts are we now? So we at 40 St. Paul's. I love this place. (laughs) I'm not just saying that. I'm not just saying that. Is it really? I've been meaning to come, um, but just haven't had the opportunity. So yeah, uh, a big thank you to our guest. That got slightly awkward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to our, yeah, to our guest, Omen. Um, say hello, my man. Hi. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. How are you? Do you know what? Um, really good, but thank you for letting us be here. And thanks for taking part, man. Well, thank you yeah. for opening up on your day off. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a welcome break. Good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as independents, do we ever really have a day off? I don't, I don't really know, to be I fair. I think I've got one scheduled in for sometime in 2024, <laughs> just as a, yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah. Happy New Year, by the way. Oh, yeah, Happy yeah. New Year, everybody. Yeah, I haven't yeah. seen you for a while now, know, actually. So, yeah, I'm just bit. trying to think back to when we first met. Um, I, I, I just remembered. Yeah. Yeah, you were behind the bar at the church. Yep. Yeah, you asked me for right. a daiquiri and an old-fashioned. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and I drank them both. Yeah. Um, so that was a really good night, actually, and they were really good. Not that I'm surprised by that at all, but um, yeah, it was a great venue as well. The church was an incredible space. And without, yeah, I'm just going to say how it is. Um, so one of the few um, other brown bartenders I'd ever come across, um, obviously come from Leicester. There were one or two, but outside of Leicester, and you were the first bartender that wore your bug or a turban. Yep. Um, behind the bar which I hadn't really come across and then so I was already kind of like super intrigued because coming from a obviously an Indian background um, doing what we do yep. in our in our uh, industry we're few and far between I think yeah to say the least um, definitely um, so that was that was really cool for me so I was always like so who's this guy and then <laughs> obviously people around me were like yeah that, that's when you're going to go talk to him and I was like wicked so I think that's how we met but I mean, you've been on a few podcasts before yeah, I've um, done a couple of things. And you've done a, obviously done some radio stuff. So you can let us know how we do at the end and what yeah. you think it's it is. It's going great, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm not worried. This is the best thing that's ever happened to anyone, really. I just wondered from your point of view. But we're going we're gonna to kind of tick some boxes. Um, so we're going to go through the whole usual, for those people that don't know who you are, who you are, yep. um, where you started, how. But then we're going to kind of get into some like really cool stuff, hopefully, about really delve into what you think about the industry, uh, obviously about Birmingham, about the UK, about where things are going and, and why you set this incredible little place up. So let's start from the beginning, man. Tell, tell us kind of like, what was your first experience? What was the first time you, and why did you get into this? Why did you get into bar today? Was, was this the thing you always wanted to do? Uh, no, it was actually by accident. I left university, started working for a catering agency because it was part-time. I could pick and choose when I wanted to work. And for whatever reason, I very quickly became the, the head bartender uh, there was nothing to do with cocktails. It was essentially spirit mixes and pouring pints. But I was leading teams from a very early age. Then uh, fate happened. Fate, uh, fate, as fate would have it, I were, walked into a haha bar and grill 
uh, when they were still around. I know back in the day. It's been 12 years now, I think. It's 13 years this year. I worked in the third one. Oh, that, wow. That was my first job in Reading. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so oh, we, cool. were the, we were the flagship at the time. Oh, cool. Crazy. Yeah, uh, anyway, yeah, yeah. carry on. Um, and saw someone make me a mojito. And uh, I asked to speak to the duty manager, who's now a good friend of mine, and said, my literal words were, I can do that. You want me working behind your bar? Bearing in mind, I'd never picked <laughs> up a shaker, didn't know what a muddler was. I just fucking knew I could do yeah, it. the confidence. This is it. This is it. And I think that's part of bartending, isn't it? If, you haven't, if you're not ballsy, especially when you start out, then just don't yeah. worry about it. Um, and that was that. The, uh, fate would ha- as fate would have it again, the, the guy actually got sacked from, uh, for having sticky fingers that night. So uh, a <laughs> position very quickly opened up. Uh, Amazing. Uh, yeah, no, never no. changes it. <laughs> never changes. Yeah, uh, different actors, same same drama. Uh, yeah. The uh, and yeah, so I, I started working there. Very lucky to have had some incredibly knowledgeable, well trained, and passionate people in my uh, in my formative years as a bartender. Worked with some really cool people uh, who taught me loads. Um, who was your most uh, influential for you personally? Initially, it would have been Matt Burke, who is no longer in, no longer working behind a stick, but is uh, he's a chef in Manchester at the moment. Okay. Mm. Um, and what what made him? Well, him. He's uh, surly and cantankerous. So essentially, <laughs> he was, uh, yeah, he was uh, he was a good foil for my uh, for for my overexcited exuberism and just yeah, just smiley face. Uh, but he he was the one that kind of really pushed me to work out what quality was rather than the specs we were given. Okay. Um, so his his specs were very different to the ha-ha official specs. Yes. But he made them more money because their drinks were better, <laughs> uh, according to him and according to his area manager. And so he was initially the first first person that really kind of was most influential. But probably the most influential person in my career has been Coffin. So Coffin was actually the general manager, the duty manager that I was speaking about. Um, and he's also the guy that set up the church, which was my last job working behind the bar. Where we met. Yeah. yeah. And the church. I mean, he's done so many interesting things within the industry and he's a very smart very tricksy motherfucker. One of those people, <laughs> you, know the guy, you know those guys that always has a trick up their sleeve, mm. always has something interesting to do or create. And it was really exciting to be working with him. Um, and he's the one that not only took all the, all the things that I'd been inspired by, by people like Carl Hawkins and uh, Julian Rose Gibbs and Matt. And, uh, but, honed them into something a little bit more because you can have all the skill set in the world yeah. and I, I firmly believe this unless you've got a little twinkle in your eye which makes you want to create something you're just you can be a very talented bartender but you don't have that spark and that spark mm. is important and that, that spark yeah. can be it can be taught but for the most part it's innate and uh, but he definitely taught me the things that make that spark so happen. so what's the what would you, would you say is the one thing that you've kind of grabbed from that from your development that you now pass on to to the people that you now develop what's the, the one thing you've carried through um for the most part at this moment in time it's the adherence and being a stickler for quality okay. if you're going to do a drink if you're going to make a drink make it well execute it well every single time don't the moment you start half assing anything is the moment that not only do you lose out the whole industry loses out and any any, any guests anywhere lose out so 
why would you do it? Um, yeah. In terms of developing that spark, that's a little bit more difficult. But then it's it's about challenging people to take an idea that is seen as just that's how we do it, turning it on its head and and seeing what we can do with it outside of outside of what you might see. Uh, I, I, think know, I know exactly what you mean. I mean, they always say that um, I can teach you how to make a drink, but I can't teach you personality. And that's always what we've kind of like bled through the industry, really. That's how we've kind of built it, isn't it, really? Yeah. Um, but that all comes down to recruitment, doesn't it? Yeah, I think part of recruitment definitely has a big part to play in it. Um, but it, it's still... I mean, for the most part, we're not really doing anything that's new. We can learn from anyone that we've seen, whether it's good or bad. And regardless of whether you have personality in inverted commas, for those of you that are listening rather than watching, <laughs> uh, it's, uh, that's, that can still be, you can still go through the motions of having personality. I don't yeah. know enough people that do. Uh, sometimes you can go through the motions well enough that people actually might believe that you have personality. And that's, yeah. um, but and for me, it's very much, you've, You've got to be an. You've got to be the main star in your own production of life, mm. and yes, that that's that's the best way. To it's do. a really interesting point, actually, when you said going through the motions about coming across like you've got a personality, because those of us in in our industry that I know really well, like yourself, um, probably including myself, actually, when when we're talking to our consumer base, when we're when we're in this environment behind a bar or inside. Um, a trade show, whatever it may be, networking. We are like the big personalities, but yeah. as soon as we walk away, we're actually quite introverted. Oh yeah, I think. massively. Yeah, like we're, we're actually really quiet, and most yeah. of the time, we don't want to be spoken to. or don't really want to talk to people. And, oh yeah, 100%. and so I really understand where, really get where you're coming from. It is like being on stage, and what I was about to say, is yeah. that about because you're you're putting it on for you know long periods of time? Yeah, because it is about customer service and giving somebody an experience yeah 100 and when you walk away it's just you've you, you've got to recharge your batteries definitely i think the uh i read a i read a really interesting article the other day which stated that people who are forced to smile more are more likely to become alcoholics which explains a lot <laughs> <laughs> wow yeah so just so, to get straight in there is that something you see a lot uh within... seen through other friends in birmingham in the industry in general Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I think if you've worked in this industry for any length of time, you see what uh, what our social release and uh, can do for us. And you know, we're we're uh, we're surrounded by probably the most dangerous drug known to to our species on a day to day basis, and we revel in knowing more and I think experience more yeah. than your average consumer because that's that's part of our craft but that's such a slippery slope and again going back to that performance thing the the amount of performers that i know that could do with a little help here or there yeah uh which can snowball quite quickly now we've i'm sure between us all we've all got the 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 story of the most incredible bartender you've ever met knowledge speed accuracy charm that lost themselves to uh mm. to drink and drugs it's and yeah that our industry doesn't really it, it there's there's not a support network because your support network is other bartenders who as i as i touched on earlier most of them think they're johnny big bollocks all 
Yeah, they want to yeah. egg you on. Is it is is that a, a kind of an example of almost like if we're going to go down the route of performance, like art becoming reality, and there's that blurring the lines between who I am as a as a bartender when I put on that mask and I stand behind the bar on my stage and I'm playing that character, yeah. and that then bleeds into the rest of my night when I finish work and oh, I have okay. to almost carry that on. And but then it's really interesting because isn't there a point where people almost expect you to be that person all of the time as well and there's that level of pressure i think some people get that wrong and yeah. it just be, it just snowballs like you said it just snowballs and gets really out of hand and it's some unfortunate thing but you're right we are surrounded by drugs and and how do you, what do you think in respect to what the industry does to help people understand that and and be able to control that i i mean as i said I've been doing this for a little while now and i haven't experienced any help um, I've, I've, I've stayed clear of it because it's never been, it's not been, it's not been something that I've been interested in. God, I mean, well, well drugs, getting help. drugs wise. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. In terms of alcohol, you know, my, uh, I have enjoyed many a drink yeah. and sometimes several at once. Yeah. Um, and you know, sometimes it has been a problem, but it's, it's never been enough of a problem that's affected my work, which is <laughs> something that, you know, so even then. For some people, that's that's a real difficulty as well. Yeah, yeah. But um, the for in all of my time, having worked with countless bartenders and seeing what drugs can do for people, uh, can do to people, um, there's very few that I've seen once they've gone past the brink that have been able to pull themselves back up, mm. and that's because. For various different reasons, there's a lot of stigmatism attached to it. Once you once you lose yourself like that, people people are less likely to interact with you. Um, your then core friends are probably more likely to be using as well, and then that becomes a difficulty because yeah. if you're if you're wanting to get out of that, what do you do? Do you take away yourself from your support network, from the and support also, network that you've built, and your way you make money? Exactly, because your surroundings exactly are a temptation all the time. I mean, what's <sighs> What's really interesting for me is that I know um, a few people. You probably do actually, uh, and I've and I've known a few people over the years that have have made the decision to, to leave the industry for yeah. for that reason alone, no other reason apart from the fact that they know that they can't control themselves. And I mean, there's a lot of respect to be able to look at yourself and say, actually, this isn't for me for these reasons. It's dangerous to my own health. But I guess we're talking about those people that obviously struggle, and it becomes a cycle. Mm. But I mean. What do you? We're we're now. Thanks for this conversation, by the way. This is this kind yeah. of. Well, I like where we're at, and yeah. yeah, why not? Let's keep talking about it. But I mean, for for me, we're more open about this conversation now than we've ever been. Oh, hundred percent. And and which is an incredible thing. And we've obviously, I'm talking a lot more about uh, drinks charities like the Benevolent and what they can do and. And I'm going to be talking more about that and we're going to talk to the CEO anyway, right, yeah, Damien? Um, right, yeah. So we'll probably get that as a podcast. I don't really would, would need to deal with that right now. But is that something you wish you were more had been more aware of back then? Is that something that you talk to your friends or colleagues or peers about, maybe getting some professional help? Because there's only so much we can do as bartenders. We serve drinks. And, yeah. and that, there's a line where we kind of go, actually, maybe you need some professional help that I'm not, capable of giving you and then obviously you've got the responsibility as well as a boss for any of your staff people you see around you as well oh 100 percent um we've had i've had members of my team here at the bar that uh that have come to me when they've been 
like that. Essentially addicts, whether it's drink or drugs. Yeah. And it's it's what it's one of my proudest moments that I've been able to steer a couple of people away from that. So uh a recent member of my team, they were they were quite happy to bring in a bottle of spirits just for them to drink over the course of a weekend as well as have, you know, a gram every night. Okay. And that I mean the the moment the moment the essentially what I had to do with that person was to appeal to their better nature, appeal to their craftsmanship and say, Look, you're you can destroy yourself wherever you want, but when you're behind my bar, you make the drinks the way that they need to be made and you <clears throat> you show your team, myself and the venue the respect that it deserves and you don't drink and you don't take anything. And that was but it was only it was only and that's a very, very short summation of the of the conversation. That. But essentially, it was um, that was a very proud moment for me to be able to take someone who was known as a massive reprobate and was yeah. known and had a reputation for being, you know, less than reliable, yeah. and to start turning his career around again. And that's. Uh, um, for some people, that will work. For some, for another, for I can, I can. I could probably say that the next 10 people that walk through these doors for, to start here that have that same issue, I'll never be able to reach them and they'll leave. But yeah. <clears throat> it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, there isn't, there isn't that support network there. You're right. And, but that conversation, it's difficult to know who that should come from. It should be yeah, like fair. your line manager definitely should, should have a role to play in it. But if your line manager is also doing it, then how do you, how do you get that respect? And if you're, it's just, it's, it's a, yeah. uh, it's a, we're, we're an industry that's rife with that problem. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, as you were talking, I was kind of thinking the same thing about levels of responsibility. And, and I mean, do I come in as your boss? Do I come in as a, a fellow colleague who, who may have come from that experience? Or do I just come in as a human being and just talk to you face to face? I mean, like, at what point, where does my responsibility start and stop, really? Because as your boss, you, you sometimes you could back me into a corner and say, right, well, my man, like, I'm really sorry, but you've got to go. You, this behavior is not warranted. Or yeah. if, it's a, if it's a fellow colleague and I'm coming in from experience myself, sometimes that can, I might be accused of being hypocritical. Yeah. Um, and then obviously coming in as a fellow human being, well, uh, it depends how much I really care about you. And that's the yeah. honesty. That's the, that's the, that's kind of the honest part of it, really, isn't yeah. it? So, um, yeah, man, that's, that's, uh, that hit hard really quickly. <laughs> yeah, but why not? That's, it's yeah. The truth. Yeah. yeah. But let's get, let's get kind of like, how, how did that happen? Cause you, You've been in this industry a long, long time, yeah. and you're one of these people. I mean, obviously, uh, the likes of yourself uh, and Rob Wood, um, and we've obviously mentioned the other guys, Sam Moulton, and people like that. But yourself specifically, the two of you in Birmingham, where you kind of have this focus and you want to just drive, and you're always trying to maintain this level that you've almost created for yourselves. Um, wh where does that where does that come from, and how how do you keep that going? Because I can imagine both physically and mentally, that's quite exhausting. Yeah. Um, I suppose the level the level has partially come from um, just setting out what, if you, I think if, you're, if you do anything with full intent and you're, you understand what you're looking to create, then it's relatively easy to, to be in a position where that becomes your... Um, that becomes what you end up achieving. You 
set out with a goal. You work towards it. If it's good, it will achieve it. If you don't, you learn something by the by by not succeeding, but yeah. you'll have learned something, and that will help you grow and be better for the next time around. Um, and there are, uh, I think, Rob and I are very lucky in, in the position that we are in because we're bar owners. Yeah. The the ability to have a space where you can create that is really incredible. Um, also, the fact that you mentioned me and this, Rob in the same breath, I'd say he's an absolutely incredible bartender. Yeah. His, his drink creation and what he does is insanely good. So thanks. That's that's a nice compliment. <laughs> well, shout out to Robert Wood. There. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the um, but yeah, it, it, and that that's kind of where that's kind of where I've. I've always taken it, just take a goal, break it down, start doing the little things. Once you start doing the little things, you've realised that you've done way more than you would have expected and then eventually you get to the end and it's great. To keep the energy going, oh God, that's a, that's a very <laughs> difficult question. I think, so for me, 40 St. Paul's opened up because I was, I wanted somewhere to drink that I really, I would like to drink in and this is the kind of vibe that I like drinking in. Yeah. Um, and the so yeah so that um so that that initial energy has always been what what would i do what if i was if this was to be closer to that perfect moment what would it need what would it what would i have to add to add wow. more value mm. um well it's <clears> almost <throat> like a, it's almost a, an impossible ask really isn't it yeah yeah, fuck it though. Start, yeah, start, yeah, no. start with impossible and then see what it. happens. And, and was it a scary kind of leap from being employed to actually, right, I'm doing it uh, myself? Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd say I've, you know, needed to buy several new pairs of trousers since uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, you, you, you're never really, um, you're never really more than two, three months, two or three bad months away from you know, being being forced to close, and mm. it's especially with a venue this small and this specialised. It's yeah. you know, it's uh, and that's the fact that we've done it with such a niche. Uh, even though gin's massive at the moment, with such a niche uh, target, we don't sell beer, we don't have wine. Very much known as if you come here, you're drinking gin and nothing else. Even though we do sell beer and do sell wine, that's the that's the perception that people have of us. Yeah. That it becomes really difficult to to kind of counter that and create uh, create something that's viable and has longevity. I mean, we just celebrated our fourth birthday. That's congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. That's flown by. Yeah, yeah, it really <laughs> has. For four years, I you know that's that for for a place like this, that's mad. But also, I can uh, there's a part of me that can understand it as well. Is is it is it the same? Do you still look at it in the same way? Uh, no. Yeah, I, mean, I, 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 it's, it's, if sometimes I walk in and it's the most exciting thing in the world, yeah. and it's, you know, I, 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 the door creaks and it's like my firstborn child saying, "Daddy," but <laughs> it's not. I don't have a children, so I don't actually know what that feels like. But yeah. you know, that's what I would equate it to. But and then sometimes I walk in and everything's shit, and you know, but quite happily burn it down and collect the insurance. You sound like money. a parent. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my my sisters are parents, and that that's exactly what yeah, they're like. Yeah, essentially. But please, 
ask your sister not to burn her children because that would be bad. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm probably the only person I'm afraid of are my sisters. <laughs> so I'm not going to say anything to them. Fair. I'm not scared of anyone else apart from my mum and my sisters. Fair. So what point did you realise? When did you know like that one, bartending was a career opportunity for you and that that's what you were going to be doing? Uh, I actually took some time out of the industry. Okay. So my, my 12 years hasn't been a linear 12 years. Um, I decided to try wearing a tie and do 95. I know Boo here's whatever shut up. <laughs> wow. Uh, so yeah. what, did you, what did you do? Uh, I worked for RBS. Okay. Uh, I worked for RBS in one of the customer service roles. Uh, hoping to kind of jump around the departments and see if I could find somewhere that was a little bit more strategic. Yep. And very quickly realized that that was never going to happen. Um, and so because it was essentially the the company itself and the way it was structured and where I was the you could just sense the uh the entrenched favoritism and uh issues that were that were just that was just like I'm not I'm not here to fuck about I'm, yeah. I want to I want to be at a decent level yeah. fairly quickly cuz I thought of myself as very smart yeah, back then. You know, I, was a, I was still a child. I, was, I had big. E I had a big ego. Um, yeah. So I, 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 and I, I just, I left. Uh, I ended up leaving. Uh, bummed about for a bit. I was, um, I was doing some other kind of like trying to set up, set up a couple of uh, charitable causes, but again, they didn't happen. And then uh -huh. uh, one, the first company I ever worked for, off to work, uh, they had. Shifts going at Hyde Park for two festivals and then the Olympics 2012. Wow. And I decided to go there, uh, found a place to stay, started working behind the bar. Again, you, it's that was the first time in a couple of years that I'd done, you know, you're doing three, four grand in a day. And I mean, it wasn't exciting. I wasn't doing many cocktails, but for the most part, it was still... It was still constant and I was sore at the end of it and I hated it and I had a beer and I was just the happiest I'd ever been. Oh, that's uh, and so, yeah, so I came back to Birmingham after the Olympics. Uh, a French restaurant had just opened up, uh, Le Truc, which is now sadly closed. And it was there that I won the final for Flor de Cana. And okay. then that took me to Nicaragua. And, you know, you, when you go on your first fucking Central America trip, brand trip. <laughs> Pay for. Yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're partying on a private island, volcanic island with peacocks and some strippers that the, uh, that the owners of the company have hired in uh, with an infinity pool and someone's handing you a fresh cocktail and you think, fuck it, I might as well carry on. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Um, that, was, that, was the, that, was the, that was the initial moment. And then since then, just... But since opening the bar, the moments where, for, for me, the perfect moments, the moments where the lighting's right, the vibe's right, everyone's having a good time, the drinks are flying out, uh, just and it's just perfect, and you know you've had a great service. Mm. And then you know as well that it's not just service, it's your service. It's yeah, what yeah. you've dreamt that this could be. And it becomes, it just becomes spectacular. It's just That's taking a pride in, in, in your work, isn't this it? This is it. It's yeah. an extension of who you are, right? Exactly. Was, it, was, was that a clear vision that you had in your mind when you, before you opened of how you wanted it to be? Uh, yes, but it has definitely evolved. We, the, 
our remit, our overarching goal was to take mission style service and translate it into a gym bar. So talking about, um, and essentially instead of the, our stories, because with mission style dining, you, you have a story of a dish, you have the, the inspirations behind it. And with every single gym brand out there, they have a story. They have, mm. they have something that makes them special. So to be able to translate that to our guests is our MO. Uh, is that I'm, where your idea for your menu came along? I mean, yeah, hundred percent. It's obviously well regarded. It's currently the what the, the best gym menu in the country we, or the world. Well, no, we 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 won best gym menu in the country 2017. Didn't yeah. enter 2018, and this year we came second, uh, which is you know it was great, <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> yeah, best gym bar, best gym bar in the world. Uh, which is currently 2019 yeah, yeah currently for, for, for another six weeks thanks <laughs> <laughs> well, six weeks is still yeah exactly. able to say yeah, it right? yeah yeah it's uh, i mean i'm that that award is just it's it's still to this day boggles my mind we're on a list with uh white chapel in san francisco and atlas bar in in singapore and yeah essentially this is an old news agent that i put a bar <laughs> and some tables and chairs into started serving gym from the fact that we got more votes than them is ridiculous in all honesty um but you know, I'm I, I I'm incredibly thankful and grateful for for having won the award. That focus obviously helps. Yeah, that's obviously worth it. But I want to touch on um, your career outside of the industry because there's a there's a few people that say that 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 mention and there's always a perception of the day walker or I could never do the nine to five thing or I could never be cooped up in an office. Yeah, um, I know this firsthand because I, I did a very similar thing to yourself. I was. A, a business analyst for a blue chip company uh, again, uh, but I didn't last very long for very yeah. similar reasons. But I know what I took away and what yeah. helped me with my kind of like hospitality or bartending career. So, what would you say for all the the negative aspects of what our perceptions of that world? What were the positives that you brought back with you and helped you build your career? Uh, mostly how not to talk to employees and members of the team. Uh, okay. Which is uh, one thing that I can assure you that if my current team told uh, were here, they would laugh and uh, I'm sure they'd have plenty of stories. <laughs> um, but you know, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's an element of... If you're... You, to be disparaging, to be condescending and to just be completely... Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? To have no ability to reason why you're not going to take any suggestions okay. on board is uh, is is uh, an, an absolute killer. And I, I hope that at any point, if we can, uh, with any members of my team, if there's a if they have an idea, I don't just shoot it down straight away. I at least give them a reason why yeah. it's not going to fit for the business. And if and then again, if they go out of their way and do it, and they uh, and they smash it out of the park, then you know there's incredible work. Yeah, work. you can't argue with that, can you? Yeah. Obviously, taking initiative and then they have their own personal drive and yeah. and, th and there's nothing wrong with somebody wanting to prove you wrong because yeah. it shows their passion, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, I get it, man. I, I, yeah, I really get where you're coming from there, man. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that, outside of that, there wasn't really much that I took from it. It wasn't, it was a job. That's fair. Mm. Yeah. I just thought, I just thought I'd ask, um, because like I said, I, I took quite a bit from my yeah, experiences. Fair. So I just wondered what it was like for what you. What did you take? 
um, <laughs> how to use Microsoft Office, which I think <laughs> is really important when you start to stop working behind the bar and yeah. try to build something for yourself to be a little bit more organized and yeah. how to email back and just be a little bit more structured in your day in that sense. Yeah. How to use calendars and... Um, so I suppose being a being an analyst, it's, it, the reporting and all that kind of stuff becomes really important. It becomes an everyday language. So yeah. for me, I took that away. Um, but it's a good lesson to have. Yeah, definitely, man. It yeah. uh, doesn't mean I actually uh, become successful because of it, but um, but it's there. It's a skill set. Yeah. I just wonder, like I said, I just wondered what it was like for you, really. Yeah. Um, but then you, you talked about um, that that beautiful moment where you've created. That well, that perfect moment for your client base, and the music's right, the atmosphere's right, the, the the temperature, and just everything is perfect. I know, I have a similar feeling, and I know I've had a similar feeling in the past myself. How much is that because you're Indian? <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, I'm, what? I'm throwing it out there. Uh, one second. So, how much of that is because I'm Indian? Yeah. Um, I, I'd say none. I'd say more. It's for me. It's more. Um, I. I mean, my aesthetic is obviously obviously going to be influenced by my past and you know yeah. my heritage. But I, I'm mm. a firm believer in aesthetics. I, I like the. Um, you know, the, there's the there's an inherent quality in something that is beautiful. Yeah. And when beautiful things come together to create something that is more than the sum of their parts, mm -hmm. that for me is special. That's, I, I wouldn't, I, I'm, yeah. Uh, that but, in itself is a beautiful answer. Yeah. Um, there, there is a reason <laughs> I kind of threw it out there. Because like I said, Indian bartenders or people within the hospitality coming from our culture, uh, there's probably loads, but ha ha the, the, the number I've met that kind of play at your level, few and far between. Mm. And in my mind, I was kind of, I felt rightly or wrongly that um, we had a bit of an advantage because of the way we grow up is very much about hospitality. And it's something I kind of learned later on in my years because when I started bartending and when I, when I became, when I was a waiter of work the floor or when I was working coffee as barista, it, you kind of give yourself up for yeah, the, the person in front of you. And I, and I was stood there going, well, this is what I would do at home if, I, if there was a wedding that I'd go to, especially if you're representing the, the girl side. For those of you that don't know, it, it, um, if, it's a, if it's one of your female relatives that's getting married, you will do everything for the male side of the family. You will uh, take, do everything to make sure that they are feeling comfortable. They don't lift a finger. You will provide them food and drink. So again, that's that's the reason I was asking. Yeah, no, I get you. I I, uh, I understand your point a little bit. I just thought I'd throw it out without yeah. an explanation first. <laughs> yeah. The uh, yeah, I mean that that's that's going to have an impact. You know, we were as um, as you're probably aware in any of our um, Browner listeners <laughs> i really enjoyed that <laughs> uh, yeah 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 the uh, any any anyone who's who's experienced that will will appreciate you know the and the hospitality is so for especially within sikhi um uh, the hospitality within sikhs is it's part of actually the doctrine so yep. the the you know um your we're encouraged to share. We're encouraged to be hospitable. We're encouraged to be um, good people and live good family lives. And that's that's the when you've got that ingrained not only in your culture and where you come from, but the religious background. 
uh, it's you know it permeates. It's 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 there. Um, Absolutely, which is why I guess for me, I always wondered why there weren't more. Yeah, uh, or why there aren't more. I, I, I could give you a fairly succinct answer. Because <laughs> uh, they're too busy uh, with real jobs and real money, being doctors and accountants. Essentially, and yeah. The, the um, <laughs> within, especially within uh, the Punjabi community, people, people who work in hospitality are seen as the help. And no one wants to be the help. <laughs> yeah. So in that terms, yeah. shout out to the Skylight Spirit guys, Jazz, Indy, Chetan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair play to you, man. Yeah. yeah. So it sounds with kind of that upbringing, that ethos, you know, I can tell really <coughs> the pride you put into what you're delivering here. Now that you've been recognized by the industry with awards, is, is that an added pressure to you that you're feeling or you're not really bothered? You just welcome the accolades from it and you just care more doing what you do or do you do you have to strive harder now um well i mean yeah to a certain extent when, when we when we won the award last year when we got voted world's best gym bar uh the first thing i did i was actually in india i didn't expect to win i went down i went to india for a wedding so i was there one o'clock in the morning yeah. watching the results come in getting really ex quite excited <laughs> trying really hard not to scream because i was in a house with about 20 other people um the um, so yeah so the the moment the moment that we that, that happened the journey back the ability the the moment um, the journey back and everything else that came after it was essentially how can we tear down voice and pause and restart it and what's what 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 can we do to stay at that level but as part of that it's also you know and that that is a lot of pressure to say that you're you're recognised as something is incredible. Yeah. Fucking world's best, mate. Come on. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, no, that's actually play, that is a, that is that is pretty mad. Um and it's it there is there is a lot of pressure there, but also we're we've not we're not overly we're not overly kind of like trying to reach that pinnacle. Well I my my initial my, my I wanted to be regarded as one of the best gin experiences in the country yeah and I, I think we can safely say that we are that the outside of that it's um i've reached i've reached my goals so we're yeah. just going to carry on doing what i think is best for our guests to ensure that they have they walk away from here having learnt a little bit more about what they're drinking and how they're drinking and why they're drinking what they're drinking and that's that's it it, it was incredible for for me and other people, your fellow colleagues in, in your industry, in our industry, when that happened, because one of the one of the nicest things for us was the fact that it wasn't someone in London. Yeah. Yeah. It, it wasn't someone in, in one of the biggest cities. It was it was don't get me wrong, I mean Birmingham's a big old city, right? It's the yeah. second city, but it it was that was that that was one impact. Um and obviously knowing you as well, um, there's that yes moment where you're like fair play bro do you know what I mean yeah, well yeah. done um, but I think yeah it's it's incredible what you've managed to achieve in, and for those people that haven't been here it's such a small space but just really really well presented and really well laid out so if you've not been here why not make make your yeah. way over I mean where else are you going to go if not the best gym bar in the world for the next six weeks or maybe more <laughs> <laughs> we'll see yeah. Um, but yeah so in respect to that and like you say you've kind of achieved what you wanted which is a great thing to hear um and and it means that i've still got a long way to go 
what would you say to those people that are coming through, brand new, fresh? What, what's the advice that you could give them about being a bartender? Um, learn your specs and then forget them. Okay. Learn everything. Learn, learn, what you're, learn what you're told is correct and then do your own research to find it out uh, what's perfect for you. Because what's perfect for you will most often, more often than not, be really, really good for guests. Um, and then once you've had a couple of years more experience, forget all that as well and go back to making drinks for your guests. Because uh, you're not <laughs> always right. Um, have, have all the ego in the world, but honestly, have a little chat with yourself and say, you know, that ego is part of the show. It shouldn't be part of who you are. If you approach it with a bit of humility, you'll go a lot further um, because there's always more to learn and there's always, there's always people out there that know more than you that have... Um, have a better understanding than you and regardless of how big you become that's always going to be the, the case so don't be a cunt essentially yeah. be a nice person and ding ding yeah. second, second one, one. Second one. <laughs> uh, who was the first Drew oh Drew Mallins oh right there yeah uh, I'll take that <laughs> exalted company there uh, yeah and just and just just be a good person make great drinks have have fun with it um, and if you're if you're stuck, go find the people that you need that will give you the support. Because sometimes the people that give you support aren't the same people that are there drinking whiskey with you at seven o'clock in the morning. Yeah, that's that's fair, and and that's for people that are brand new into the industry. But what about those people that have been in the industry for a while, are behind the stick, do stand behind bars, uh, and 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 are looking to. Uh, progress and and mo most bartenders at one point dream yeah. about opening their own bar. You don't you didn't just do that. You opened the best bar or one of the best bars in the world. So what what's the advice for you? I mean, what do they really need? What is the one thing that you wish somebody had told you as a bartender about the reality of owning your own bar? Uh, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say the uh, the best thing that I could say to anyone that's had some time in the industry and wants to know and wants to create something uh, special is find find your concept hone it hone it hone it some more stress test it um, speak to people and then make it everyone everyone wants to open a bar everyone wants to open yep. a dive bar that's focused to bartenders but bartenders can only pay some of your some of your bills hmm. what's going to make it special and interesting to consumers why are you going for that spirit selection over that spirit selection? What's the, how are customers going to feel when they walk through the door? What's the first thing that they're going to see? And map out what your perfect venue would look like and work backwards because eventually you'll find that you might not have hit absolute perfection, but you'll come fairly close. That's really cool, man. Yeah, no, thanks. You, you talked Damien? about making drinks for the customer and kind of that being kind of at the forefront. How have customers changes taste likes evolved over the years that you've seen oh um I, i'd say there, there's definitely been some customers that have been turned on to bitter aperitivos uh stiffer drinks drinks that have you know a story behind them but then there's a hell of a lot of people that haven't so you know don't worry about it. Uh, if someone wants to come in and have a woo-woo, they can have a fucking damn good woo-woo. Oh, you know. I'm so glad you said woo-woos. <laughs> I, I have a question for you, actually. Go on. Um, is a woo-woo pink? Fuck. Um, no. Okay, what, what colour is it? 
Um, it's like an orangey blush. I don't know. I don't know. I yeah, that's cool, man. Because I was, right. So I was I was out drinking with Josh. Lim. I'm I'm going to name drop now, just so we're all aware. So Josh Linfoot, Callum Rickson, Harry Garakis. Um, Lads. Yeah, thank you. Uh, and I keep good company, including yourself. <laughs> um, we're in the Artesian, obviously. Um, and we just get talking about pink drinks. Um, of, they mentioned the Clover Club and the yeah, Cosmopolitan. Yeah. I said the woo-woo. Yeah. At which point they all looked at me and went, no, it's red. I, no. like, oh, I don't know. I think there's debatable. Yeah. I think it, it, there's a pinkness to it. If you were to do a pink month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I'm wrong. I'm just saying. Prove me wrong. That's to all of you listeners out there. Prove me wrong. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but you were saying about the wee wee. Um, yeah, sorry. Um, and drinking. Yeah, customers taste. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So as um, in, so in terms of in terms of what we do here, it's the very even split. It is very much. We only have one um, rhubarb gin. Uh, can I name drop? Do whatever you yeah. need oh, to right. do. Cool. Yeah, Sings yeah. me rhubarb. I think it's the best. Don't kill me. I don't really give a shit. Whatever, man. It's my opinion. <laughs> um, the uh, and fifty percent of our sales is probably sings me rhubarb. The other fifty percent is going to be the really interesting gins that we've you know spent ages trying to work out what's fun, what's nice, and how does it fit into the flavor profiles of what we do. Um, and it, that's that's that's. I think that's going to be across the market as well. Like you're going to find people who want. Um, drinks with depth and clarity and complexity that you know challenge the drinker to a certain extent but they're going to be they're not going to be as big a market as the people that want something that's pink and fluffy um so you know make good drinks for everybody yeah so i guess there hopefully there'll be um brands listening or you know kind of the craft distilleries you know wanting to be on that back bar you know there's only so much room there's only so much money you can invest in in stock. What kind of what makes what what's the tipping point for you to decide? Yes, that's going on uh, for you. So for this menu, we had a short list of two hundred and fifty gins for forty spots on the back bar. Wow. Uh, two blind taste tests, research into two two blind taste tests to to get into the second round. Story research, if your story was good, that took into the third round. And then it was comparative taste testing to the gins that we were replacing as well. Uh, see if it, if it was actually better. It also had to fit certain flavor demographics that we've, that we've, uh, that we've got that are going to be part of uh, our next menu. And the, so, yeah, so it, essentially, is it delicious? Does it have a taste? And we can be objective because we don't really drink gin. But a lot of the gins that we're putting onto the, as a team, we don't drink gin, which is mm. what our customers find hilarious. But <laughs> the, the, but we can still be, we can be objective. We know what good gin tastes like. We know what, like, you know, bang average gin tastes like. And there's a lot of fucking bang average gin out there. Yeah. The Are you listening? <laughs> yeah. and let's just be honest. What about the profit you make on the server and any incentive or retro? Does that have an influence on you? For... I mean, I mean, it makes it makes it anything any help that we can get is going to make an impact. Is you know, it's, it's going to help us. Um, but for the most part, it's it is what it is. Yeah, I'd rather I'd rather have 
chunks of cash up front in all honesty because we're such a small business some of the gym brands aren't won't ever get you know we might only sell 18 bottles over the course of a year 24 bottles mm. for one for one or two of our gins but we're going to but those the people that do buy it they're gonna have they're gonna have way more understanding of what that gin is what it why it exists mm. and what makes it special than most bars that you're ever going to get it's, into, it, so. it's a new concept for me kind of coming into it as you know a representing brands yeah um you know how to how to be able to support listings yep. and bars in order to get that mind share yeah um and i guess a lot of smaller husband and wife teams are out there who you know want to get their stuff out there they might not know what Oh yeah, that such a thing exists, or what the norm is, or what they should be thinking of offering. I I mean, if if you if you're a if you're a small 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 gin brand or spirits brand, I'd be looking at partnering up with uh, with uh, bars, saying, look, let us do an event with you. Here's some event ideas. Do you have any event ideas? Can we sponsor you for X, Y, and Z? We will provide stock. Will you list us for X amount of time? Can we work together? Can we build a partnership? Um, if you can help the bar out by offering them an incentive to work with you, every any time I've ever had uh, any kind of incentive offered to me, I've had a strange relationship with that brand to the point where I love them more than anything else over the next, you know, over the over time, and they they they're always at the forefront of my mind when I'm looking at or want to do something. Um, and then there's brands that have no, that will spend no time whatsoever, kind of engaging with the with the on trade. And there's a few of them on our back, on our back bar at the moment. And it's great, you know, they're, they're great products. But I couldn't give less of a shit about them. I'm just, I'm, I'm <laughs> saying, you know, the the brands. The if if you you show some love to the people that have shown you some love, and it's nice. You know, it doesn't it doesn't require much. If you say to someone, "We will sponsor a drink on your menu. Here's a bottle. Will you put it on? What's the drink? Talk to us about it." Can you inspire? Can it be inspired by our story? Great, and you know you've got an instant in there where you've challenged people to create something that's interesting. So they're going to learn about your brand, and when then your bottle is there and it kind of stands out on the back bar, someone asks about it. The bartenders will have the knowledge because they've already been challenged to do something with it. It's an easy flow. So I guess the it comes full cycle for hospitality. So it's not just about being a bartender standing behind a bar. But that hospitality then moves from behind the bar yep. to the brands as well, and that connectivity and building relationships, yeah. and it's kind of yeah. And and you're right, some some brands get it wrong, um, yeah. just like some venues do. Yeah, I get yeah. it. Um, kind of wanted to talk about you about your city. Yep. Um, obviously, like like you said, you grew up here professionally. Yep. Uh, I suppose more so than anything else. Yeah. What's your view on? where it is today compared to when you first started? What are the pros, cons? What do you think about the new flock of bartenders coming through into your city, the new types of venues that are opened up and are opening up? Just kind of wondered what your view on that was. Yeah. Um, so when I started, we were... Essentially, the city was, uh, in terms of cocktail culture, was a bit of a dive. Red Bar had just been transformed from what it was and had crossed over to someone that didn't really care about the cocktail heritage it had when Carl and Jules were there. Yeah. Uh, the the bars that were worth going to were Island Bar, the Victoria, and the Jekyll and Hyde was just opening up. 
at, you know, great, great bars, great experiences. At that time, some of the best people I've ever seen were behind a stick. The, the Island Bar team, when I was growing up, was just phenomenal. They, they, were, they were the people that I looked up to massively in the industry. Yeah. And going back to it, they were also the people that had the biggest downfall, in all honesty. They were the ones that suffered the most with that abusive relationship with the drugs that we look at we yeah. look we look to um and the from from there to now where the the city center just seems stocked with every single major and some of the minor chains uh that are popping up around the country you know, Digbeth has gone from an industrial wasteland to an industrial wasteland that has a core of experiential um, going out kind of places now. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's incredible. And, I, I, and it's it's really exciting to see as a consumer how much choice you have now. What I do think that Birmingham suffers for and we haven't really had anyone that can champion it um, is taking Bab to the next level. So Birmingham Association of Bartenders, since 2007, face, uh, a Facebook group that's kind of put on so many different uh, training things, uh, some really exciting events, and you know it's really helped Birmingham. It really helped Birmingham grow as a bartending scene, but there isn't really the same engagement from some of the corporate brands. Um, they're less likely to have opened up their trainings to people from uh, from outside of their outside of their brands so you get people coming to do trainings but they're not really doing them for everybody they're just doing them and then as well when with that happening the shift of the shift of people who are working in bars kind of drifts away from the uh the kind of people that were going to these early bab sessions like myself and you know some of the people that I still knock around with in yeah, the industry yeah. And it's gone away from there to now being Bab really doesn't put on trainings for the general bartending community, which is a real shame. Because I, if it wasn't for Bab, I wouldn't have had any of the job opportunities, especially before I kind of left and then came back. Um, if it wasn't for Bab, I wouldn't have done half the things I did because I learned so much with with that group. Um, and that that's that's the wonderful that's the that's the juxtaposition within the city. Great experiences, great chain bars that you can have uh that you can have a lovely time in but a disconnected bartending group that uh for one uh for better or for worse they don't really know the other bars anymore yeah that's fair for those of you that are listening um babs is the bartender association for birmingham um we we spoke to um carl hawkins in our our second episode and he touched on co-founding it with a gentleman called julian rose gibbs who we're definitely going to get in touch with, aren't yeah, we, Damien? Right, yeah. Definitely going to have a chat mm. with him and talk about this more in detail. But yeah, no, I, I completely get where you're coming from. It's interesting how you you have an idea, uh, and and this idea gets to a point where it becomes successful, yeah. and then you almost take it for granted until yeah. it's not successful anymore, and yeah. then you kind of go, oh, what happened? <laughs> yeah. So no, and, and yeah, we're definitely going to explore that more with Julian. Yeah, but I, I just kind of wanted to get your view on it. But no, yeah. thanks. That really. That really helps. Now yeah. for some really fun stuff. <laughs> well, I find it really fun. It is, yeah. Anybody well, else might find we it We don't fun. know if anyone else thinks it is. I don't care. <laughs> it's our podcast, so I find it fun. That's it. So really. we're creating uh, some playlists um, and asking each of our guests for music that they would open up to. 
Uh, so like to pick a tune that kind of synonymous to starting a shift. Please say Punjabi MC. <laughs> <laughs> uh, starting a shift. Um, so there's no coppers that listen to this, is there? <laughs> right, fuck it. Don't well, care, we don't yeah. know. Um, yeah, <laughs> whatever. It, I'm it is intrigued. <laughs> so uh, I, a couple of years ago, um, we 2018, so we'd just been we'd been crowned best gym bar in the UK. Uh, yeah, before we won another award, the bar was like it was it was on a it was on a real upward trajectory. Uh, I had no idea that we were going to win world's best gym bar a couple of months later. Yeah, um, very exciting time for me. New Year's Eve, having a great time, and I dropped acid at about 12 o'clock and basically kicked everyone out around 2 a.m. Um, and stayed here and tidied up uh, and just kind of swanned around drinking champagne by myself <laughs> and listening to one song repeatedly um, because it was a song that meant so much to me and it's the song that I kind of like, it's, it's so emotive and powerful and driven. There's no lyrics because none of the music that I listen to has any lyrics. Okay. Uh but I think it's uh I think it's a great uh great song to kind of drift away to and a great song to really kind of help you focus as well. Um it's called Silhouettes One, Two and Three and it's by Floating Points and it's a fucking tune. It's definitely getting added to the okay. playlist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So do we say that's gonna go on the opening and closing because we all ask guests about what a closing down tune would be. Oh, closing down tune. Uh, I, I'm really partial to... Um, oh, wait, actually. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say there's a Chemical Brothers track that I really like, but it's a bit dad rock in the middle. It's called, I think it's Saturate. Uh, but when it drops, when it's the electro bit, <laughs> fucking naughty. <laughs> and then it becomes dad rock and I'm just a bit like, well, can you fuck off? And then the electro kicks in again. Anyways, that's by the by. But closing down tune... Right at the end of the closing down, when you've just had your, when you finish your drink and you're like, right, fuck it, let's go out. Um, Notorious B.I.G. Nice. Give it a loop because it's, it's the one tune. So you want to play this right at the end, literally, <laughs> as you'd like to go. Everyone's leaving. Tequila's done. Fucking let's go out and let's, cause it, let's be naughty. Because it's raucous. It's got energy. It might make you want to rob someone, but don't listen to <laughs> don't listen to the lyrics too much. We're, We're just not playing to any stereotypes yeah, no, here. Yeah. <laughs> just just take the energy from the tune and uh, and go with it, and you'll I'm sure you'll have a wonderful. So look. that's our cool. opening and our close. So yeah. we're putting a um, a mixology collection uh, podcast uh, playlist together. Fuck yeah! So we're going to add everyone's open tunes, obviously, to the open pod yeah. uh, playlist, and then the close to the close. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. and once we've got enough, we'll we'll release it. So that's the music bit is something so that, that Damien yeah. looks after. And um, for me though, my question to you is. What's the most memorable original drink you ever created in your career, and why? What what made uh, it so? <laughs> the one that I the one that I get asked for more than anything else is a drink called the Considered Lass. Okay. Um, and fuck me, it's of its time, isn't it? It's uh, <laughs> 2013. I went on a date with this girl uh, who I fuck. Who I, she's adorable. She's an absolute babe. Didn't really la didn't really last long. Um, but she was, she's from Yorkshire, um, where obviously they call everyone lass. Yeah. Uh, and she's, she was very considered in her way of like speaking and being. Um, and I, I had it bad for her. So I, was, so I kind of said, look, I'm going to put a drink for you on the menu. Nice. Uh, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> um, Smooth. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Hendrix, Saint-Germain, uh, 
uh, mint, cucumber, apple juice, uh, lemon juice, cracked black, pe black pepper on top. Um, really simple, really easy. Fucking flew out. We sold it by the bucket load. Um, and uh, did she get royalties? No, she got something <laughs> else though. Oh, okay, <laughs> not uh, for the podcast. It's yeah. a different podcast. Different yeah. podcast altogether. Uh, it'll it'll be out on VHS soon enough. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so that was uh, that was that was the one drink, and I, I, so that that was on the menu, 2013, 14 at the church, and I still get people asking for me for it for me today. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, cool man. Right, so right. that's the what's the next thing? So Damien speed round. Okay. Yeah, we're not actually doing any, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Not, not that kind of speed round. <laughs> so uh, we're going to give you 30 seconds. Yeah. And uh, Root's going to fire off a bunch of questions. Yep. Well, not so much questions, but it could be... They're not options. This or that. Yeah. You, you select yep. uh, what you prefer, what... Uh, yeah. Cool. So I'm going to get the countdown clock. 30 seconds. Yeah. 30 seconds. Let's reset. Let's see how far, I want to see how far I can get down his list so far. There'll Carl's, be one, Carl's was all right. Yeah. We got, there might be somewhere it's actually asking you to answer what you, what you like or... Yeah, as opposed to the option. Yeah, yeah there's yeah, one in there that's like a yeah. It's, it kind of throws you, but you'll get yeah. it. You'll be yeah. fine. So three, two, one, go. Negroni or Manhattan? Negroni. Scotch bourbon. Scotch. Tequila mezcal. Tequila. Crushed, cubed, shaved. Cubed. What's your deathbed dram? Uh, Aquatushin eighteen. Nice. Danger Mouse or Inspector Gadget? Danger Mouse. Bitters or mixers? Mixers. Fresh or dehydrated? Fresh. Short, long? Long. Shaken or stirred? Shaken. Cats or dogs? Dogs. <laughs> Classic or twist? Stop. Has he got, oh, okay. has he got time? Have you started till he's finished? Yeah. You got, have you got time? Uh, Class oh, Classic or twist? Classic. Okay, <laughs> yeah. perfect. Nice. Perfect. Yeah. Well, yeah, Damien. We're, yeah, we're getting better at this. I think so. <laughs> I think so. I think and so. I think the whole point of this was to have real conversations with people, and I really feel that... We're getting, we're, we're, that's really coming at the forefront of this. Yeah, for all those people, I know this is our third one, for those people that are taking the time out to, to be a part of this, I mean, thank you very much. And for those people that are listening, for our future listeners, thanks for taking out the time to obviously listen to what we're trying to, what we're trying to do, really, just get closer <laughs> to, 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 to the human being, I guess, yeah. that's behind the bar. But, but for you, I mean, how's it been? You've done a few of these before. How's it feeling? Uh, it's been lovely. Yeah, it's just it's it's well. I think as bartenders, we all love the sound of our own fucking voices. <laughs> so yeah, it's been great. Uh, but um, no, it's been it's been it's been really nice. And also, some of some of your questions have made me reformulate what I thought about certain things. So and that's that's always nice to be uh, be a part of. Um, Thank you. But yeah, no, I think it's a great format. I think you I think it's a, I think it's going to be good. Uh, thanks, man. Brilliant. Well, so again, for those. Um, Get to Birmingham, come to 40 Cent Pools and you check have out to this come. venue, for sure. Best gin bar in the world. How can you not come? How can you work in this industry and not come? Fucking sorry, out, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it makes no sense. But so we're close down off. time. Yeah, yep. close down time. So thanks again, everybody, for, for checking in. Um, follow us on social media. Follow, you know, subscribe to the podcast because hopefully there's going to be a lot more coming in the future it's the mixology podcast for those or mixology collection podcast for those of you that are wondering um yeah so yeah gonna sign off now and as always uh look Take after yourselves and each other love you bye bye, bye.